Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. And good evening, everybody. Joe Beningo back with you again on the Oh, The Pain. Almost said the fan. The Oh, The Pain (laughs) podcast. It is Friday. It is May the 20th. I believe that's the date. May the 20th. It, of course, is 2022. And the Joe Beningo Oh, The Pain podcast is brought to you by Beach Camera, by our buddies, the great Mike Jones at the Hackensack Brewing Company, of course, and and everybody over there, by Kenny Zorin, KZ Sports Marketing, by Anita Discount Tire, by the Sidebar, of course. Let's not forget about Sidebar. And, of course, by my favorite golf course, Blue Hill Golf Course in Pearl River, New York. And my golf game is in the shitter right now, as I can say that on the Internet, and I just did. All right. We got lots to cover today. Obviously, big sports weekend. You got all the baseball, the PGA going on right now. Not off to a great start with my guy Scheffler, who's one over par. The Rangers, a huge game, too, tonight in the in uh, the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs as after that brutal loss in overtime in game one to Carolina. But I wanna I wanna start with the Mets. You know, everybody's panicking now with the Mets because Max Scherz is out. You know, you he heard he's got this oblique strain or whatever he's got, he's gonna be out six to eight weeks. And look, look, I mean, am I concerned that Scherz is out? Of course I am. But you know what? And I know they got some injuries now. Tyler McGill is is injured right now. Obviously, the eternal injury, the Jacob DeGrom, wake me up when he comes back. You know, everybody's, oh, DeGrom, wake me up. You know, my money's on Scherzer being back before DeGrom. That's me. I mean, I you know, what can I tell you? And yeah, sure, the Scherzer injury concerns you. You have to be. James McCann's out now, too. But really, I think Patrick Mazika might even be better than McCann. But that's me. That's me. We'll live with Nito and Mazika, okay? Yeah, I'm concerned about Scherzer being out, but I'm really not that concerned because this team, this is not the Mets. I, I, and I know I'm, look, I should know better. I really should. I mean, I've been a Mets fan since 1962. There's a lot of pain, you know. Uh, maybe not quite as many hemorrhoids from the Mets as I have from the Jets, but it's close. I mean, you know, it's not that far away, all right? But I am really not that concerned about the Mets right now. They're 26 and 14. They just came off at uh, taking three out of four from the hated St. Louis Cardinals, and I love beating them up. They beat them five out of seven this year in the season series. Who knows? Maybe they'll see them in the playoffs. You never know. But they just take three out of four. Pete Alonzo yesterday with that great walk-off home run in the bottom of the 10th inning uh, to win the game for the Mets. And they got a tough road trip coming up. They go out to Colorado. They go to San Francisco. Never fun going to those places. But I, I feel pre- I feel good about this team. I'm sorry. You know, I really do. I mean, let's start with the manager. You know, I, I just don't see with Buck Showalter that this team, this team has lost two games in a row once this year so far. That's it. Like the first week and a half of the season. I don't think they've lost two in a row since then. And I think that's the only time they have. You know, I there's just some, there's a different feel when I look at Buck in, 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 the, in the dugout. There really is just a different feel to this team. Pete Alonzo's on his way. Let's be, let's be honest about this. Pete Alonzo right now, he's got 10 homers, 36 RBIs, leads the major leagues in RBIs, or at least leads the National League. 
You see him going to right field consistently. He's batting over 270. The walk-off bomb that he hit yesterday. Pete Alonzo is on his way to being the greatest offensive player in Met history. He really is. I mean, let's be I mean, we, we could talk about who, you know, you, and I understand Mike Piazza and, of course, Strawberry and, and David Wright, and I get all of that. But I'll tell you right now, Pete Alonzo is on his way. He's already got that 53 home run season in his rookie year. He's on his way to a monster year this year. He's on his way to a 40 homer, you know, 130 RBI season. I mean, that's the what's going on right now with Pete. So that's number one. Number one reason why I'm not panicking right now. Number two, how good has Jeff McNeil been? I mean, you know, let's let let's be honest. Jeff McNeil's been tremendous. He's batting well over 300. He's back to being the Jeff McNeil he was prior to him, you know, getting lost and trying to pull the ball all the time and hit home runs. You know, he's driving in runs. He's got over 20 RBIs, and he's playing terrific defense. He's playing left. He, he bounces back and forth between left field, left field and second base, and he's doing it seamlessly right now. How about that play he made in left field yesterday, that ball down the left field line that Goldschmidt hit, where he climbed the wall in left field. It was a foul ball, but he climbs the wall in left field and makes the catch, and then winds up throwing the runner out at second base for a double play. He's been tremendous. And then he goes over and plays second base. Can't say enough about McNeil, how good he's been. And I'm going to talk about this guy who does not get enough credit. And he's a free agent, and the Mets better sign him because he's an extremely important player on this team, and that's Brandon Nimmo. How good a player has Brandon Nimmo become? He's always on base. The guy, you know, he's always above 400 on base percentage. We know that. We walks, gets on all the time. I think he's been on base like 20 consecutive games or something like that. His hitting has gotten better and better. He's playing solid defensively in center field. You know, Nimmo's a underrated, very good player. He really, really is. He's a winning player, and the Mets need to get it done with him. They really do. They got to get this guy's they, – they got to put his name on a contract soon. You can't let this guy get away. He's too good of a player. He really is. And it would be nice if at some point we started to see Francisco Lindor play like a guy that's making 35 freaking million dollars a year. You think we could see that at some point? I mean, you know, I'm giving you all the positives with Alonzo, with McNeil, with Nemo. Now I'm going to start giving you some of the negatives. What the hell's going on with Lindor? Guy's batting like 230. I know he got on base like four times yesterday. But they need this guy, you know, to be right behind Alonzo, hitting home runs, driving in runs, batting, you know, at least 280, 290, something along those lines, and you're not getting it. I didn't like that trade to begin with. I was not down on that trade. And even when they made the trade, all right, the two shortstops, uh, you can't get too crazy about them, the guys they gave up to the Guardians. Can't get too crazy about that, okay? You really can't. But, I mean, come on, $35 million a year, this is what I'm getting from Lindor? You know, every, I, maybe it's time the Mets stop making, stop making trades for infielders with Cleveland. I mean, I, you know, Carlos Baiega comes to mind. Roberto Alomar, what a disaster he was as a Met, you know. So it'd be nice if Lindor would really start to take off. And he, you know, nobody's really killing him about it because the team is winning because they're 12 games over 500. They got a seven game lead in the division. So, you know, right now, you know, we're not getting on Lindor, but we got to start seeing more from Lindor. And I know Marte, I like to see him start to elevate a little bit. I mean, so far of the three guys that they signed in the offseason, Marte, Canna, and Escobar, Canna has clearly been the best of the three. He continues to to hit well, play well defensively. You know, what's going on with Escobar? 
He made a big error yesterday that wound up, you know, extending the game into extra innings. The Cardinals tied the game on that error uh, in the uh, in the bottom of the ninth inning, uh, top of the ninth inning with Diaz on the mound. Diaz has been terrific, but he still scares me. But he really has been terrific. But Escobar's not hitting, and now he's not playing great defensively. So I don't know what's going on with him. Marte right now is on the bereavement list, so we'll see him back shortly. We need him to start getting off the snide a little bit. So, but overall, right now, you say whatever you want. You got to be happy with the Mets. Now, they're going to have to pick it up. Chris Bassett was okay yesterday, went into the seventh inning against the Cardinals. Not, not great, but, you know, still giving you the innings. But you need Bassett. You need Carrasco. You need Taquan Walker. You know, these guys really got to pick up the slack now with Scherzer out. You know, Tyler McGill, he's on the DL or IL, whatever it is. Got to say IL. He'll be back, you would think, within a few days whenever he's going to be back in rotation again. I'm sure David Peterson's going to get his starts. Trevor Williams, who's actually been pretty good uh, as a spot starter out of the pen, pitched four solid innings the other day for the Mets. So, look, I think they have enough to overcome to withstand the Scherzer injury. And, uh, you know, we'll see. I mean, six to eight weeks, and we'll see where we are around the All-Star break, and we'll see if Jacob DeGrom ever comes back. I'm not holding my breath for that. But I'm not going to sit here and panic right now about the Mets. Like I said, I'm really not. The 12 games over, concerned about Scherzer, no doubt. But I think there's a different feel to this team. There really is. You know, they just got to keep doing what they're doing. Like I said, the 12 games over 500. You're a Mets fan right now. You got to be thrilled with what they're doing. Tough road trip coming up, as I said, as they go to uh, as they go to Colorado. And then they go to San Francisco to play the Giants. Never never like going out to San Francisco to play the Giants. Remember, they did beat them early in the year. They did take three out of four from the Giants at City Field. So, you know, they did play them pretty well so far earlier this year. So, uh, you know, we'll see how it plays out as we go. But never never like going there. Really never like going to San Francisco. But we'll see what the Mets do. Uh, Colorado and then the Giants in San Francisco. But right now, 26-14 and 14 on the season. They've lost only one series all year. That was the two out of three they lost this past weekend to Seattle. Another three out of four series win against St. Louis. So got to feel pretty good. Concerned about Scherzer. Got to be concerned about it. I clearly am. But I got, overall, I feel pretty good right now about the state of the New York Mets. And well, how good has Pete Alonzo been? Jeff McNeil. So right now, happy about that. All right, let's get our sponsors in here. We'll start off, of course, with the Hackensack Brewing Company. Uh, you know the deal. And we're going to, we had last Friday, we had a great uh, week ago yeah, uh, today, uh, a great live podcast. The great Kim Jones joined us. We had a lot of fun over at the Hackensack Brewing Company. And we're going to start doing probably every month a show at the Brewing Company. So keep tuned for that. We'll give you the update on when it's going to be. And you know the deal on the Brewing Company. What better place to go? Uh, go check it out tonight on a Friday night. You know where it is. 10 minutes off the GW Bridge, less than 30 seconds off Route 4 in Hackensack's Fairmont neighborhood. Uh, the tap room's open from 4.30 to 10 Monday through Friday, 2 to 10 Saturday, 12 to 8 on Sunday. 78 Johnson Avenue in Hackensack, right behind the tombstones. No tombstone, no tombstone of me there yet. I don't know if I said it right. No tombstone of me there yet. But nevertheless, right behind the tombstones, the great Mike Jones. Go see him. Herb, who does a tremendous job. Uh, TJ over there. Andre, my son-in-law, all of these people, God knows what a great place. Go check it out tonight, and we'll be giving you uh, the details coming up soon on when the next one's going to be. But we're going to start doing them 
on a on a monthly basis. When we get into football, we're gonna have some football Fridays there. So go check out the Hackensack Brewing Company. And of course, my buddy Kenny Zor, KZ Sports Marketing. Don't forget this Monday, coming up on Monday, we're gonna go back to doing some interviews. Tony Richardson, the longtime outstanding fullback in the NFL all those years, played 17 years in the NFL with the Chiefs, Minnesota, and had a couple of great years with the Jets during the Rex Ryan era. So Tony Richardson, number 49, uh, he's going to join us on Monday. And again, it's courtesy of my buddy, Kenny Zor. And you know, Kenny does a tremendous job. He helps me book the guests, as I mentioned on the Oda Payne podcast, all around terrific guy, works his rear end off all the time. If you're looking for your favorite athlete or celebrity for any event, it could be a charity function, corporate golf outing, in-store autograph appearance. Give my good buddy Kenny Zor, KZ Sports Marketing, a call. You can call him or text him directly on his cell phone, 516-996-7616, or simply visit kzsportsmarketing.com. Check out Kenny. Uh, he'll, he'll take care of you. Don't forget, Monday, uh, we will have Tony Richardson, the uh, former outstanding, as I said, chief Viking jet uh, Tony will join us on the uh, Monday Oda Payne podcast. All right. Game two tonight in Carolina, Rangers and the Hurricanes, second round, the Stanley Cup's uh, Eastern Conference semifinals. What a brutal loss game one was. I mean, and I got to tell you this, never, I, I'm watching this game, and even as it got down to about four minutes to go in the third period and the Rangers are winning one nothing, I never thought they were going to win the game one nothing. Never, never, never. You just were waiting, waiting for Carolina to score the goal that was going to tie the game. And then, of course, they won it pretty early in the overtime. I, you just didn't yeah. – so many things in this game. First of all, they got absolutely nothing from the first two lines. You know, Zabanajad, Kreider, Panarin, these guys did nothing in this hockey game. They were terrible. The only line that did anything was the kid line. Lafreniere, Kako, and uh, and Philip Heedle, who actually scored the only goal of the game. They were all over the place. I mean, any any time the Rangers had decent scoring chances, it was that kid line that was getting it done. And remember, they played very well in the Pittsburgh series, but they were the only ones that really had it going on uh, two nights ago on uh, Wednesday night in Carolina. So they need everything going tonight. They really do. Shostakhin didn't play bad, but Antti Ranta, the former Ranger, had a tremendous game. I mean, he really... Really kept the, uh, the the hurricane in it over the first two periods, uh, you know, before they came back and eventually, like I said, tied the game and then would uh, would win it in the overtime. And one of the big sequences in this game, uh, in game one, third period, I forget who it was from Carolina, had a breakaway, winds up hitting the top of the crossbar. Right after that, Capo Caco has, and the Rangers are still winning, one nothing at this point. Right after that, Capo Caco has a wide open net. How did the hell did he miss it? I mean, come on. I mean, my wife would have put it in. I probably wouldn't have, but she would have, the way, especially the way she's playing golf right now. I mean, she's light years better than me at this point. But be that as it may, okay? All right? And I'm man enough to admit it. A lot of guys might, might not. But, I, you know, hey, look, it's the reality is what the reality is. But anyway, Cap Caco had a wide open net and just shot it right through the crease. And that was huge in this game. And you knew right then. And I just, when, I, when he missed that open net, I knew that the Rangers were not winning the game. I really did. And I actually feel worse about this loss than I did the overtime loss in game one. You know, because the overtime loss in game one was at home. 
Okay, they got hosed on that goal that they that they took away. It was Kako with that goal again. I believe it was in Kako's score to go. I think he did. He set it up anyway. They they got hosed on that call with the with the goal that would have won it in regulation. They lose it in the third overtime. But even with that, Shostakin had a great game with seventy nine saves and all. And and you didn't feel that bad because you know that if it goes seven games, you got game seven at home at the Garden. That's not the case this time. So I thought that this this loss hit me harder than game one did against Pittsburgh. They need to win tonight. They really do. They got to get something out of the top two lines. You, know, you can't wait four or five games for, you know, we, we didn't get anything from Zibanejad until game six and seven against Pittsburgh. You know, we didn't get anything from or Timmy Panarin until he won, you know, won game seven in overtime. You know, Kreider had kind of been kind of steady. He scored five goals in the series. But we need more. The, the first couple lines got to really get it going here. They do. It can't be all on the kid line here uh, to create the scoring chances. They need to win tonight. I, I, I don't feel. Look, it, it, they still would not have played a home game, and I understand that. You know, games three and four coming back to the Garden and all of that. But you don't want to be down too old to this team coming back to the Garden. I think they need to get a win tonight. I need Shostakin to be huge, and they need the they need the star players tonight to come up big, and that includes Adam Fox. That includes Jacob Truba. Uh, you know, Keandre Miller, who's really played great. I mean, how good has Keandre Miller been? Um, he's been fabulous. Remember, he scored a goal in game seven. Set, he drew the penalty in game seven that led to uh, the power play for Panarin, Panarin's game winner. They need to win tonight. I really believe that. If they're going to win this series, I think they got to get game, game two tonight. I think it's going to be very tough to come home and expect this team to win. Remember, game seven is on the road if it gets to a seven-game series. So we'll see tonight, but uh, yeah, I was, I never felt comfortable. I never, ever felt on, uh, on Wednesday night that they were going to get away and win that game one nothing. It just didn't have that feel. Carolina really took the game over in the third period. They had a ton of chances. Remember, I, I mentioned the crossbar. It was a post they hit as well. You know, Shesterkin made some saves, but, you know, you just did, I just didn't feel right. And you just were kind of, just kind of like sitting on your hands in game one just waiting for the Hurricanes to score the goal that was going to eventually tie the game. And then I didn't feel good in overtime at all. And, of course, Carolina scored pretty quick in overtime. And doesn't it tick you off, too, with Carolina, all these damn ex-Rangers on the team, right? Oh, my God. You know, Jasper Fast, Ronta himself, who had a great game to goalie, uh, Brady Shea, uh, Derek Stepan. I guess he's hurt because I didn't see him playing. He must be out. But, uh, you know, I – I, I didn't see him there. Tony D'Angelo, of course. You know, so you got all these ex-Rangers that are playing for Carolina right now, and that doesn't make you feel good either. But get a win tonight. I want to see a big effort tonight, especially by the Rangers' top players. Zabanajad, Kreider, Panarin, Fox. I want to see all these guys tonight. Continued big effort from the uh, kid line tonight, Lafonniere and uh, and Kako and, and, and Heedle. And obviously from Shostakin tonight, they need to get game two tonight in Carolina. So we'll see uh, how that plays out. Rangers down one nothing in uh, round two of the uh, uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. All right. Joe Beningo, the O the Pain podcast. It's Friday. Always good to be Friday. Thank God it's Friday, as we all say. Used to say all the time when I was working. Now, Beach Camera, check them out. Go see my buddy, um, over at Beach Camera, Isaac, give him a call, 732-993-6385. Stop in at 80 Carter Drive in Edison, New Jersey. Let him save you some money. 
Use the code JoeBJOEB for 15 bucks off your order of $100 or more at BeachCamera.com. Go check him out. want to thank uh, Isaac for all the support that he's given us, uh, uh, you know, uh, sponsoring us here uh, on the podcast. And, of course, Blue Hill, great golf course. You know I love it there. The, the three nines, I talk about it all the time. Um, Lakeside, Pines. And Woodlands have not been playing good golf at all. Played there the other day. Did not was was not good. I'm just right now, just not where I need to be as a golfer. As I said, my wife is now better than me, at least right now. So I strive to get to her level. But nevertheless, I'm trying. But go check out Blue Hill. Not only the great the 27 holes that they have there, but they got a tremendous pro shop, one of the best pro shops this side of the PGA store, a golf galaxy, everything you want. Prices are right. Clothes, clubs. Balls, bags, hats, you name it. Go check it out. They're going to have simulators coming up in the summer as well to work on your game. Maybe that's where I need to be in the simulator for a while. Go see everybody. Go see Big Mike. Go see uh, AJ. Go see Chase. Tell them I sent you. Blue Hill Golf Course. Love it. I'm playing there Tuesday. Got a 1230 tee time with my buddy Tommy Keenan. Of course, my lovely wife. And, of course, the great John Jastrzemski. So we'll be playing there on Tuesday. 12.30 tea time, my next venture out at the uh, Blue Hill Golf Course as I drop something on the floor here as we go. All right. Yes, I do. My wife's asking me if I got it. Of course. Not really. Anyway. So the PGA is, is underway. Rory McIlroy is five under par leading right now as I speak. They're probably just getting underway here as I do the show in the morning, uh, round two. And now I bet on three different guys. In this, in the PGA, remember I won with Scotty Scheffler at the Masters. You know, every now and then, you know, the blind squirrel finds the proverbial acorn. I bet on three guys. Scheffler's one of them. I got him at eleven to one. Did not have a good day yesterday. He's one over par as he goes to round two. He'll be playing in the morning this morning. He's playing with Colin Morikawa and John Rahm. None of them had great days yesterday. None of them did, even though it's you know a uh, marquee uh, uh, group there. But he's one over, very up and down day. He he had gotten to two on the par, and then he missed a very makeable. He made a great shot to get himself after kind of hitting a bad tee shot. And he was really off with his driver yesterday. Scheffler was off with his driver, but he hit a great recovery shot. He had about a four-footer for par. He misses the par. It rimmed out. Looked like one of my putts. Rimmed out, and he wound up dropping it there, dropping a shot, and really never recovered from that yesterday. Now, he really didn't. He's one over par right now. He's six shots behind Rory McIlroy, who's the leader. So that's my that's the one guy, number one guy I got, Scotty Scheffler. I also have Cam Smith at 21 to 1. And he had a pretty good day yesterday. He's playing late today. He played early yesterday. He's two under par. So he's in good shape. He's only three shots behind Rory McElroy right now. I got him at 21 to 1. So it's not a bad shape right now for Cameron Smith. And then I got Jordan Spieth who did not have a great day yesterday. He's two over par right now. Uh, he'll be playing later on. He's also in one of the marquee pairings. He's playing with uh, Tiger Woods and uh, Rory. So that's also one of the marquee pairings. But remember, he played in the morning yesterday, so you'll see him if you're watching this afternoon on ESPN in the afternoon. You'll see him. Tiger struggled yesterday. He's four over. You can see that physically he's still having trouble. He's not 100% right. And if you heard... You heard his press conference afterwards. Uh, you heard him say that he's, you know, there's pain everywhere. But God bless him that he's out there playing. 
and uh, what a joke that Phil's not, but we've been through that already. It's really a disgrace that Phil Mickelson is not playing right now and, and defending his PGA championship, but we all know the deal there with Phil. Maybe he's maybe he's gambling on the hockey playoffs or the NBA playoffs right now. Maybe he's got some money on the Celtics who beat the Miami last night, or maybe he's got money on Tampa Bay Lightning who won again. They won both their first two games, by the way, in Florida. They got a 2-0 lead. Watch out for Tampa. There's a reason they've won two consecutive Stanley Cups. But nevertheless, so those are the guys that I bet on. So my three guys, as I go to round two here in the PGA, remember McElroy, five under par right now, leading the way. As I go to round two, Scheffler, one over, Cameron Smith, two under, and Jordan Spieth, plus two, as they go into round two. Uh, I guess the cut will be somewhere, maybe plus four. Maybe that high? I don't know. We'll see. Plus four, plus five. Supposed to be another very hot day at Southern Hills in Tulsa today. So uh, we'll keep that in mind for the PGA tournament as uh, we move on. But let's see if I can see a big bounce back day specifically from Scotty Scheffler today. All right, Joe Beningo with the Oda Payne podcast. Uh, let me uh, get in my uh, my last couple of um, spots here. Anita Tire, of course. Uh, my good buddy, Ari, my son, Johnny, go check them out. You know the story on Anita Tire. They're in Rivervale, New Jersey, Westwood Avenue. We're supposed to be playing golf with, next week with my buddy, Ari. We'll see how that works out. Go check them out. You need tires. You need work service on your car. Go see Johnny and Ari at Anita Discount Tire. I was there the other day, said hello to everybody. We're probably going to be doing at some point, we'll let you know, a live podcast from the tires. We'll let you know when exactly that's going to go down. Tell them I sent you. They'll take care of you. You need service on your car. You need tires. Go see Anita Discount Tire. Check it out. And then the sidebar, last but certainly not least, the sidebar, uh, 45 Main Street, right in the in the capital, or I should say, what I don't know, what it is, the, the courthouse rotunda, the capital, like we're in D.C., thank God we're not. The courthouse rotunda in Hackensack, 45 Main Street. Check out the sidebar. Terrific food. You want to get a lamb burger, you can get a lamb burger there. It's got that speakeasy feel to it. Go see the side. Tell them Joe sent you there. 45 Main Street, the sidebar in Hackensack, New Jersey. Remember a couple weeks ago, we did a live podcast from there. So, And we're working on a couple other venues. I got something going today. I won't mention it until we have it locked up. But uh, a couple other venues that we're going to be looking to do some live podcasts from as we go forward uh, on the O oh, the Pain podcast. Uh, as far as the Yankees are concerned, they lost to the Orioles yesterday. Unbelievable. Actually lost the game, so the Yankee fans are panicking as the Yankees are only 28 and 10 and just sailing along in the American League East. But, you know, you know how the Yankee fans are. They're always flipping out. They're always freaking out. Everybody and their brother's hitting. How much money is, is Aaron Judge going to make, by the way? Right? Maybe turn down whatever the offer they want. If if Francisco Lindor, seriously, think about this, all you Yankee fans and Aaron, if if Francisco Lindor is making thirty five million, if he signed a ten year three hundred and fifty million dollar contract, whatever it is, you know what? If he's worth thirty five million dollars a year, Aaron Judge is worth about fifty million dollars a year, right? I mean, I, I, is there is there any comparison between Aaron Judge and Francisco Lindor? Is there? What? Come on. How much money is Judge going to make? You know, Yankees better get ready to start anting up, anting up because, you know, he's off to – he's having a monster year so far right now, and the Yankees are sailing along. They really are. 28-10, and 10, even though they lost to the Orioles, and occasionally going to lose to Baltimore. 
what's that, Santander, Santander hit a walk-off home run yesterday in Camden Yards in the bottom of the ninth inning to win the game, three-run home run. But with that said, the Yankees are in fine shape. They come home now. They play the White Sox over the weekend at, at the stadium, and then they'll play the uh, uh, the Orioles again at the stadium. But they are sailing along right now, 28-10. and 10. I know the Yankee fans aren't happy. They actually lost 10 games. But uh, nevertheless, and like I said, Aaron Judge, how much money is he going to make? Now, before I, I go off today, I generally don't like to get into this, but this is something that's been bothering me, okay? I don't want to get into the political world. If you know me, you certainly know where I stand in, in politics. But I, I got a memo to this wonderful freaking president that we have. Isn't it time Isn't it time to free Brittany Griner? Do you know who Brittany Griner is, everybody? Do you know who she is? She's a former WNBA player, great college player at Baylor, won a national championship there. She was playing, she's been playing basketball in Russia, okay? And if you don't know the story, I'll try to sum it up quickly. I guess she had a vapor, pot vape or whatever she as she was trying to leave Russia when the at the beginning of the Ukrainian war and all of that. And they detained her at the airport and they caught they got her with the stuff on her. And she is sitting right now in a jail in Russia. I guess they had a, a hearing for her a couple of, like a week ago, a week and a half ago there in, in Moscow, and they decided you're going to keep her in jail for another month in, in Russia. Isn't it time that Joe Biden freed this girl? Isn't it? What the hell are they doing? What is this government doing to get Brittany Griner the hell out of Russia? And, and I hate to go into this, and I'm no big WNBA guy or you know, big women's basketball, not a big, you know, not that I follow it or anything like that. You know, it's great, you know, all of that. But isn't it time to get this girl the hell out of Russia? Why is she sitting there rotting in a Russian prison and nobody in this country is doing anything about it? Can you tell me that? Nobody from the president on down. Isn't it time to get this girl out? Like I said, I hate to get into political stuff, but this is something that's been bothering me, you know? Maybe if there was a different guy in the White House right now, she'd be out. But uh, somebody's got to start paying attention to what's going on with this girl. Brittany Griner, 31 years old, former WNBA player, playing basketball in Russia, and she's stuck in a Russian prison right now. Time to this government to do something about it. All right. want to thank everybody. Everybody have a great weekend. Enjoy the baseball. Enjoy the golf. Enjoy the hockey. Let's go Rangers tonight. Everybody, all the love. I'll talk to you.